Hey, guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Might I recommend, now that your young person has walked across that stage, you get them over to Leon Tailoring, get them to their career services division. That's right. In this economy, even though jobs are plentiful, it won't help you if you don't look the part. So at Leon Tailoring Career Services Division, they got the perfect thing that your young man or young lady needs to get them off into the world of work and at very reasonable and affordable prices. And heck, who knows? You might even see something for yourself if you're looking for a new job. So swing on by Leon Tailoring, their career services division, Larry Norm, Kim, and Judy, always glad to help you out. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Indianapolis. Well, with a little bit more than a week to go until Election Day, we continue our conversations with various candidates for public office. And joining us in studio is Andrew Grabowski, a uh, candidate for the 7th Congressional District here in Indianapolis. So, Andrew, thanks very much for being with us. Oh, thank you for having me. So how's the race going so far? How's how, What are you hearing when you go door to door? I'm excited, but people out there are in a lot of pain. Uh, we'll see how they're going to vote on the 8th of November, <laughs> but they're definitely ready for change. Uh, what what are the issues? What are people worried about? Is it, is it the usual things we always hear? Inflation, gas prices, groceries, crime? Yeah, those are the things. But when you start talking to people in more detail, uh, I, I get a list. We live in the food desert. We live. We have a banking desert. We have a housing desert. And we have a political desert. So, uh, as I said, peop- I feel like people are living in Sahara somewhere <laughs> So, they're they having issues, local issues, that uh, haven't been able uh, to be solved for a very long time and I see that this is the responsibility of uh, our federal representatives and the responsibility of our local uh, elected officials to make sure that people have access to good food, to banking, and to affordable housing. And of course, uh, people want to hear more than just Democrats talking to them. They want to hear different opinions. And I think the public is open because they see that the policies that Democrats have been pushing in the last 60 years, and especially here in the Indianapolis area, uh, that they're not working. Uh, There are almost 150,000 people in the Marion County that live below poverty line. Uh, And nobody uh, has been able uh, to break that cycle. Uh, what is uh, the role of uh, the federal government uh, in issues like, uh, like so, food deserts, you know, housing deserts, banking deserts? I mean, the way that I see it, we send a lot of money to Washington, and uh, in my opinion, what the role of the U.S. representative is, and which is taken right now by Andre Carson, is to bring every penny back that we send to Washington to Indianapolis, and then some, especially in the areas that need additional help. The role of the federal representative, if I was the one doing that job, is to sit everybody at the table and agree that problems exist, and then figure out how to take care of the problems. So we need to put all of the resources together. And it seems, again, in Indianapolis, Carson is not talking to Hogshead. Hogshead is not talking to Ryan Mears. They're not talking to the community members. They're not talking to clergy, business uh, uh, leaders. Nobody's talking together and trying to figure out how to solve the issues uh, to better life uh, for uh, the voters in the 7th District. Uh, when you go to a place like, say, 30th and Capitol or 42nd and Post Road, uh, you're Republican, 
white female, Ukrainian. What's the what's the rea- what reaction do you get? What reception do you get? You know, I went to 42nd and Post Road, the Olivet, uh, I think I'm saying it correctly, church that is run by uh, Wayne Moore. I went to the church a couple of times. Uh, you know, <laughs> it was very interesting. So Wayne Moore uh, is a proud Democrat. Uh, he... Um, holds different meetings in his church uh, only with um, members of the Democrat Party. Uh, He spreads only one side of the news to the people who are attending the church. And then uh, I decided to visit him a couple of times uh, during those meetings and during the Sunday services. So he actually allowed me to introduce myself, and uh, then I talked to people right after the services. And they basically were telling me that uh, Andre Carson has been in that position for 14 years. Uh, He inherited this seat from his grandmother, and he hasn't done anything for the community, and that they're open to looking at uh, different uh, candidates. So, but there's only one more thing. Uh, They want an approval from the clergy. And even though uh, we have to separate the church and the state, uh, there is a lot of um, thought uh, on the politics that is still coming from the clergy. Uh, So again, uh, people are open-minded. They see that they need change. my job is to tell them that doing the same thing over and over again and electing Democrats who basically thinking the same, who have the same ideology, uh, is not going to help them. Plus, uh, I think it's time they start looking outside uh, for people like me who want to really make the difference and who are not looking to become career politicians, enough of career politicians. Andrew Grabowski, our guest on the program today, she's a Republican candidate for the 7th Congressional District. I want to go from uh, 42nd Post Road to Kiev. Yes. Uh, the situation in Ukraine, uh, we spoke to uh, Victoria Sparks, the incumbent uh, representative in the 5th Congressional District, because she's actually from the Ukraine, just sort of giving her thoughts on uh, what should be done there. Uh, what are your thoughts on what's happening in the Ukraine right now? Um, I was recently interviewed by the Ukrainian Society in the Washington, D.C., and they were also asking me the same question. Uh, I have been out of Odessa, Ukraine. This is where I was born for the 33 years. Uh, the first time I visited Odessa was in 2019. Uh, it's big, vibrant city, cosmopolitan city. Um, I I did not see big issues between Ukrainian and Russian population. We all lived together, uh, and uh, my city was always a melting pot. So uh, when the war happened, we were very surprised. We didn't think that it's going to happen, but at the same time, we were hoping that America will get involved and diplomacy will prevail. Unfortunately, with... uh, the the weakest uh, leadership, uh, in in my opinion, we have in Washington in many years, uh, it didn't happen. 
I still think that diplomacy has to prevail. I believe that in the 21st century, there cannot be a war where we have winners and losers. Everybody is losing. Uh, thousands and thousands of Ukrainian boys are, are dying. The same thing happening with Russian boys. And again, you have when you start something, you have to think about the end, right? Start with an end in mind. Uh, I want the diplomats. I want people who know what's going on on the ground, again, to sit down at the table and see what is going to be the end. Uh, And I'm hoping that it's not going to be a nuclear war, and I'm hoping that it's not going to be a World War III. So I I believe that cool heads and diplomacy need to prevail. Uh, Where are you on the the Ukrainian funding for uh, for the war effort? Uh, Because obviously Kevin McCarthy has some ideas, Mitch McConnell has some ideas. If you have been Congress, uh, what do you think about uh, the the funding? Should it be open-ended? Should it be more accountability? Uh, I would absolutely agree with Kevin McCarthy. Uh, We definitely need accountability. Uh, Andre Carson has voted for the first $40 billion to give to Ukraine. Uh, Then they're voting, it seems, every week to give them another another billion, another $700 million. And the dollars are just flowing, and they're nowhere to be found. Victoria is on the ground. I don't know exactly. I haven't been in Ukraine. I haven't been in Poland. I haven't seen any thing of what is going on there. But in my opinion, America is in a very dire economic uh, condition. We are almost at $31 trillion in debt. Inflation is highest in the last 40 years. Uh, Food and gas prices through the roof. I went out uh, last night with my three grandchildren, and uh, we ordered three meals for five people and it was $150 in a very inexpensive place. That's what, what is going on. I actually started looking at the check. It, it's impossible. So you can do it maybe once a month, but uh, this is very much unaffordable. Uh, so we really have to look at where America is and where Marion County is. And if I get to Congress, I'm representing 750,000 people of the 7th District. Uh, and I believe that um, 7th District uh, comes first. And we need to spend money here locally. Uh, for as long as any of our children go to bed hungry, we need to spend money here. We we need to spend money on education. We need to spend money on preventing the crime. Uh, my district is number one. My city is number one. Of course, we need to help with... Um, um, I'm thinking, uh, wh- what is the word? Just disappear from my hat. With uh, help to uh, the people who live uh, in Ukraine. But military help... I think we need to talk to NATO. I think we need to talk to our allies uh, in Europe and ask them to give more. Uh, America cannot be involved in all the wars in the world and forget about our own population. Our guest on the program today is uh, Angela Grabowski. Angela is a candidate for Congress in the 7th Congressional District. Uh, so we're talking to her uh, for a few more minutes. Uh, let's talk about uh, the campaign itself. Yes. Uh, we've got a commercial running, talking about Andre Carson. Uh, uh, office being closed for a couple of years. I, I called the Congress office said their office isn't closed. It's, it's a hybrid situation. They said they're they're open some days, uh, online other days. Uh, what's going on there? 
Oh, I don't know what's going on, uh, but uh, I tried to invite Andre Carson for a debate, and he refused uh, numerous times. He didn't actually refuse. He ignored my existence. And uh, I understand it. Uh, he has a pretty strong hold uh, in the district, so he doesn't want to go uh, in front of the TV audience uh, and actually defend his record and uh, his, his voting record and what he has accomplished in 14 years which he has not accomplished uh, much at all to make the lives of the 7th District people better. Um, uh, listen, Carson, as I said, he, he he's in a place of privilege. He inherited the seat, uh, and he's considered the least effective member of the Congress. Uh, if you go online and you look at the Vanderbilt University and Virginia University rating system, there is one out there, from on the scale from 0 to 10, Carson is at 0 0.015. And so he is doing absolutely nothing. He has not passed any bills to help the 7th District. Uh, every Congress, he is trying to apply for um, congressional money to fund the food deserts and to bring some money uh, to start financial education so people can understand how to use the banking system for which they're complaining doesn't exist in some of these areas. And it gets absolutely nowhere. Carson votes 100% of the time with Democrats. He never crosses the aisle to get support from the Republicans to get anything accomplished. So, and I want to make sure that people in Indianapolis know that he is just occupying the seat and um, not doing anything to make our lives better. So uh, I asked him for the debate, uh, didn't hear from him. I went to his office on the 27th of uh, September to deliver a letter saying that debate is a cornerstone of our democracy and uh, we need equal time in front of our people. He needs to talk about what he has done and I will talk about what I'm going to be doing. So, and I was told by security guards that he has not been in the office since COVID. I also received letters and emails from the constituents in the 7th district that every time they call or send emails, all they get is just a form letter and there is no response. I also received pictures from Washington DC from people who went to see him there. Office is closed. So whatever he's saying, whatever the hybrid is, my feeling is if I am elected, I'm going to be there Monday through Friday when I am here in Indianapolis. And when I'm in Washington, I'm going to be there Monday through Friday. And as we just discussed a moment ago, uh, this is not a 40 hour a week job. This is a lifestyle. This is uh, you're a public servant. This is a 24 seven job. You have to be there for the people. If they're reaching out to the congressional representative, then something urgent is happening. Uh, there are changes in their life. People don't just call uh, and ask some frivolous questions. They need help. They need to be uh, having an acknowledgement that somebody is there to listen to the people. People are telling me he is nowhere. He shows up a couple of weeks before the election, uh, you know, shakes some hands, uh, 
hugs and kisses some babies, right? Isn't what people are saying. Uh, and, and then he's gone for the next two years. He's taking this position for granted. He believes that uh, uh, it's his for life. So I guess on November 8th, we're going to see if uh, residents of Indianapolis decide that this is his position for life, or they actually want somebody who is going to work for them. Carson is working 100% for Washington, and my job is to work for the voters of the 7th District. Andrew Grabowski, candidate for the 7th Congressional District, with us for a few more minutes on the program today. Uh, when I uh, spoke to the, to the Carson folks about uh, their office, they came back and said that uh, Andrew Grabowski isn't a registered voter in the 7th District. She said you live in check voter registration said you live in Carmel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you voted in the Carmel in the Hamilton County primary, not in the Marion County primary. What's what's going there? First of all, there is no law that says you can't live in the district. Exactly. That's kind of point number one. Uh, but there is a public perception of if you don't live in the district, how can you understand what's on in the district? What do you how can you relate to people at 30th and Capitol or you know, mm-hmm. 46 in Shadeland if you don't live in the seventh congressional district? So here's my answer. I came to Indianapolis thirty-three years ago and uh, build a home, raised my family there, and build the businesses. Um, Actually, one of our larger businesses, a real estate business that provides uh, housing for people with disabilities and mental illnesses, is located on 42nd and Post. So uh, my husband's businesses were located on 49th and Penn and 56th and Keystone. And my financial planning and wealth management firm is also located in the district. I think it's ludicrous to say that only people who live south of 96th Street understand the district, and people who live north of 96th Street don't understand it. My life is in the district. I spend 10 to 12 hours every day servicing the people of the district in my financial planning practice, in our real estate practice, in our uh, auto facility that's located um, on 56th and Keystone. We live in the district. I go to sleep across the street. But this is pretty much it. So what's what's next for you in the next uh, 10 days and change? I'm going to continue doing what I was doing in the last 10 months. I'm going to continue talking to people and hopefully give them hope. Uh, You know, I tell everybody, we came to the States 33 years ago with $72 in our pockets, with no English, with one suitcase. And this country has given us enormous opportunities. We were stateless, we were homeless, we were jobless, we were penniless, but we were never hopeless. And what I see right now, there are a lot of people, they're losing hope that they will ever be able to have the same opportunities that we had. And I want everybody, every kid, every person in Indianapolis to have the same opportunities and to have this hope. So my message is that America is still the best country in the world, uh, that opportunities are still here, that everybody can live their American dream, and I'm there to help them as much as I can on any level, whether it's on the level um, of 
being a financial advisor, being a business owner, or on the federal level, or on any other level. I don't know where my life is going to take me. But in heart, I'm a public servant. In heart, I'm a social worker. I'm a capitalist in my brain. And this is how I'm coming to this race. I'm a race. I'm a business owner who hopefully is going to be able to bring the businesses back to Indianapolis so we have better jobs. When we have better jobs, we don't have as high of a crime. We need to bring more resources to educate our children. 17% of black and brown children can read at their grade level. This is not acceptable. And uh, I'm gonna fight for all of the people if they decide to elect me and uh, again, I want to be their voice. I know it's a voice with an accent, but this is a pretty strong voice. Uh, It's a voice of the fighter. Nothing came easy to me in life. Nothing comes easy to anybody in life. But if I can help to make people's lives better, this is my purpose in life. Right. Well, Andrew Grabowski, candidate for the 7th Congressional District, Republican. Thank you very much for being with us. Good luck on uh, Tuesday. Thank you. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.